you know, life with God gets better and better every year. And she used to say, read your Bible all the time. She said, reading it 60, 70 years, it never gets boring. And that the word of God comes alive every time you read it and keep reading it because it's a powerful book. And, you know, I'm finding more and more that what she said is absolutely true. It doesn't matter how much you read the word of God. It doesn't matter how many times you come across it. There is life in this word. And there is life and power and significance. So I want to encourage you, dig into your Bibles, read your Bible, whether it's on an iPad or an iPhone, or whether it's a falling apart Bible like this one. Keep reading, keep going for it. So um, one of the things I love about the Bible is the real life stories of real people. And I want to remind you this morning that the stories in the Bible are not fictional. They are real lives, real people who went through real experiences and real encounters. And I think one of the things God does as he, as, he, um, as he brought his word together for us to share is I think that he intentionally showcases his sons and daughters who live by faith. That he intentionally shows off those who stand in faith and honours them and lifts them up for us to see, to encourage us to live by faith and to encourage us to stand by faith. We know that we also see the imperfections of humanity, don't we? And actually, sometimes we could take real encouragement from that because we see the failings of some of these heroes of faith and their limitations. And we say, okay, I'm not perfect. It's good to hear some other people that are not perfect and that struggle like I do. But I think God intentionally showcases people that he wants to show you living by faith, to encourage you to grow in faith, to encourage you to make your stand. Um, and, um, you know, Jesus said, you know, he highlighted, Jesus highlighted people who stood in faith. There's a story of the centurion man who comes to Jesus and asks for his servant to be healed. And the centurion says, Jesus, you don't even know, need to come to him and touch him, but just say the word and it'll be done. And Jesus honored that man because of his faith. And he said, I've never seen such great faith in Israel. And he, he honored that man because of his faith. And we need faith, don't we? Who here would like an upgrade in faith? We need faith and we are constantly living with challenges that mean that we are challenged and stirred in our lives to upgrade our faith. Um, some of the circumstances we see around us at the minute, we see Victor and his family going through a difficult time. We need an upgrade of faith as we stand in faith and we pray for them. And bless them, they are standing in faith. If you talk to them, those of us that visited him, visited Victor and his family, they are standing in faith. They have built a reservoir of faith through their lives, through trusting God in the everyday, through trusting God in the small things. And you can see and tangibly feel that faith as they stand and stand firm and continue to go forward. We want an upgrade in faith because we want to see God's purposes fulfilled for us as a church. We want to see the building that God's got for us come into being. We thank God for this place. We thank God that we've got this opportunity to use this building. But we are after the land that God's got for us because we want a harvest that needs a bigger place than this. 
We want rooms, we want space to be able to get hold of people, to, to serve them, to disciple them, to equip them, to minister to people, to reach the poor and reach out to our communities. We need to keep going in faith and going after that. Individually, we need faith. You need faith, whatever your circumstances are. As some of you are living on the line and need, and need faith because of the challenges that you're going through right now. You need an upgrade in faith as you stand firm, as you keep trusting God, as you keep going after everything God's got for you. I need an upgrade in faith. I thank God for his faithfulness. In this last year, I have been through a journey that's very kind of ironic praying in the meeting a few weeks ago praying for Victor knowing that this time last year you were gathered praying for me and if it wasn't for your prayers I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for answer to prayer I would not be standing here this morning because I was miraculously brought through a time of being diagnosed with serious cancer, being diagnosed, being literally life and death struggling to breathe. And through your prayers, we saw a great victory. And we thank God for that. We celebrate that, what God's done for me. And we thank God for that. I am facing another challenge regarding my health at the moment. Um, some of you know, I've shared with a few of you, my blood counts are showing that there's a rise in um, the marker that indicates that something's going in my body that shouldn't be. Thank God the scans have all been clear, but I need to go through another round of chemotherapy. Um, and the wonderful thing about this is I was talking to someone before the meeting, and the wonderful thing is I have supernatural peace in the midst of this. I am not living in fear. I am not living in anxiety. I am living my life every day as I go through this. And I'm not here to blow my trumpet and to say, hey, wonderful Jane. <laughs> Thank you. I am here saying that because, because of the faith that God's put in me and the grace that God's given me in this journey. And you guys, whatever circumstances you're in, whether you are facing a health challenge, whether you are facing a financial challenge, whether you're facing pressures in your workplace or pressures around you in your, in your communities as you're seeking to be salt and light, whether your heart is to see a harvest of souls saved, whether you want to see disciples raised up and you want your part in the share of what God's got for us, the many thousands in this town, you need an upgrade in faith. You want to go for it. You want to stir up your faith and grow it. And the word of God says, faith comes from hearing. Hearing comes from the word of God. As I share this morning the word of God, I believe God's going to upgrade your faith this morning. I believe God's going to upgrade faith here this morning. But the word of God also says, when it talks about listening to what God says, listening in the Bible is not a passive thing. It's not just listening, listening, listening. You can't just listen to podcasts and preaches and messages and not participate to get to, to upgrade your faith. Listening to the word of God has an active part. It has a response in your heart to say, yes, I believe this and I'm going to make my stand and I'm going to go for it. So I want to encourage you this morning. There may be areas of your life where God is challenging you to take a step there may be areas of your life where you're facing challenges. I was talking to somebody before this service this morning and hearing about some of the challenges they face regarding making a stand in their generation, standing for faith when the opposition is all around you. And I want to encourage you this morning to go for it, to keep, you know, 
Keep going for it. We need an upgrade in faith as we stand because God has incredible things in store for us. There is a harvest for us. There are souls that we are going to see saved because of our stand, because we're going to have courage and stand in this generation. Um, So I want to talk to you from the book of Daniel. I want you to turn to Daniel chapter 3. And we're going to hear a story of some young men that took a stand in faith when their life was literally on the line. And they took a stand to stand for God when they, they took a courageous step as they stood. Now the background of this story is that the Israelites had been exiled out of their land because of their disobedience and rebellion against God. They'd been taken to the land of Babylon. They'd become um, made citizens of Babylon, whether they wanted it or not. The temple was destroyed, their treasures, everything was taken from them. And the king of Babylon was seeking to assimilate the, the Israelites into the culture of Babylon, was seeking to make them Babylonians and was seeking to erode all of their character of the people of God was seeking to take away from them all of their identity of who they were in God as they stood to go forward. So um, so reading from verse 1, chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 90 feet wide and set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors and treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication, to, to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the other, provi- other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O people and nations and men of every tongue. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, ziva, lion, harp, pipes and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will be immediately thrown into the blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of all those instruments, all the people, nations, men of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some of the astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, so everyone who hears the sound of all those instruments and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not fall down to worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are Jews amongst... There are some Jews whom you set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you've set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? a lot of words in this. <laughs> Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up. Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute and the instruments again and all the music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? <laughs> Silly words, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to rescue us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. 
But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers of his army to tie, tie them up and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked the advisers, weren't there three men we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking round in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the open and blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors and royal advisers crowded round them. They saw the, the... the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command, and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other god except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any national language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut up in pieces and their houses be turned into rubble, for no other God can save this way. That is an exciting story, isn't it? It's an exciting story. I want to remind you this morning that really happened. We're not talking fictional stories from years and years ago. Okay, these three men courageously stood and put their lives on the line. They put their lives on the line in front of a fiery furnace. They put their lives on the line and they were willing to go for God's will, whatever the outcome. They were willing to lay their lives down. And I think there's a challenge for us in this generation There is a challenge for us to rise up and to stand and to speak out courageously and to speak out about what we believe, even when it goes against the common culture. Just as Kim Nebuchadnezzar was seeking to get the Babylonians to assimilate to the culture around them, we as Christians are challenged to assimilate to the culture around us, to accept the things that the people around us accept to accept the values of those around us. And it's a real challenge to make the stand. Um, And Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were literally willing to lay their lives on the line. They didn't know the end of the story that we know. They didn't know that they were going to meet Jesus in the fire and that they were going to come out of that fire with not a single hair singed on their head. Now, some of you will remember the story I shared last time I spoke about the smell of singed hair and how (laughs) I had a good experience of that. It really stinks. Their clothes did not smell. Their clothes came out unharmed. This is a miraculous, supernatural thing that happened. They stood in the fire and burned. 
But how did Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego get to that place? How did they grow faith that took them to that place? They were willing to stand on that line. They were willing to trust God, whether that meant they went to eternity or whether that meant they were going to come out of the fire. And again, another thing we must remember, we have an eternal perspective. We must have the eternal perspective as we live our lives before God. Yes, we want to see good outcomes while we're here on earth, don't we? We want to see the miraculous. We want to see Victor miraculously healed. We want to see me completely cancer-free again and it never returning again. We want to see people in this place healed. We want to see people out on the streets in the communities healed. We want to see people saved and coming to know God. And it's right that we pursue those things. But there is a place to stand in faith where we say, whatever the outcome, I will stand. There is a place to lay our lives down. We've heard it quite a lot recently. Leah was talking about it. A place of surrender where we are willing to say, yes, God, at whatever cost. And it's a challenge. It's a real challenge for every one of us. I believe if we turn to Daniel 1, we see where these three men and Daniel got the faith to make that stand. No, sorry, verse 3. The king ordered another person with a big name, chief of his court officials, to bring him some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years and after that were to enter the king's service. Among them were some men from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel he gave the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach and to Azariah Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine and asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God caused the official to show favour and sympathy to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord the king who has signed your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other men your, your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, the chief official, appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, please tell your servants for 10 days, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young, young men who eat and drink royal food and treat your servants in accordance to what you see. So he agreed to this test and he tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. I believe we see a key here in their standing in faith and in their growth and in faith. And that was that they took God at his word regarding what they were to consume. For the Jews, there were certain foods, certain drinks and things they couldn't eat and drink. There were certain meats they couldn't drink according to the Jewish law. In addition, in this environment, it's very likely that that food and drink was presented to idols before they were to eat or drink it. And these men took courage to take faith in this area, 
they took courage to consider what is it we're going to consume. And I believe when they took this step of faith at the beginning, they made the way for the future, for the more glorious victories. And it's because they partnered with God and they walked in obedience to the things that God spoke to them. So they walked in obedience in the area of, of the law that talked about what they ate and what they drink. Interestingly, they didn't make issues out of other things. They were renamed, and some of those names had meanings to do with the, the gods of the nation around them. They didn't refuse to study the, the, the Babylonian history and all the things that they studied. They didn't make issues out of those things, but they took their stand on this issue that they knew before God in the, in the Old Testament law, there were certain things you needed to do to, to eat and drink. There were certain things that you should eat to do it. So they walked in obedience in that area. They didn't consume the things of their culture. They didn't consume. And you can imagine there'd have been a real temptation to compromise. You can imagine there'd have been a real temptation. Okay, we're just, we could just compromise here. We could just adopt the culture that we're in. We could just accept the things around us and adopt the culture that we're in. And then we'll have our provision. Okay, we're not in our own land, but we'll have houses, we'll have food, we'll have jobs, we'll have resources. We could compromise and settle. But they courageously took their stand on this area because they knew it was key to, to obeying God. And you can imagine, you know, that, that that must have took immense courage. And again, looking at their lives, you can see that actually they test, they said, test, test us for 10 days. Again, I found that interesting. They were not testing God. They were not trying to prove God. They were, they, were, they were standing in faith for themselves, for God in this. Now, there would have been an incredible difference because these guys had been taken out of a land that had been sieged. So their bodies would have been quite thin. They would have looked quite frail. They were taken before the king and they were told to eat this lavish food. So there would have been, you think 10 days don't make a lot of difference. Maybe I should ask people who've just been on holiday whether 10 days makes a difference in your weight. <laughs> 10 days of eating something very different and they trusted God to, to miraculously intervene and for them to look good and the king and actually the man saw them and they looked better and healthier and stronger than anybody around them because they stood in faith and I believe you know they, they stood in an act of obedience obedience is a faith issue not a law issue Obeying God is not about following rules and following laws. It's, it's about standing in faith and trusting him. And it takes faith to obey in the areas that God speaks to us. Obedience is a love issue. We love our heavenly father. We love him. We want to walk in obedience to, to him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. And obedience is a love issue. Where is your love? Do you love Jesus more than you love the world around you? The challenge that we have, do we love Jesus more than the things around us when we're tempted to compromise? Obedience is directly linked to trust. You know, when we trust our Heavenly Father to meet our needs, we can take steps of obedience. For them, it was about the issue of eating. For us, maybe it's about trusting in areas of finances. Maybe it's about tithing. Maybe it's about standing in obedience in a culture that's challenging your workplace, where actually speaking the truth could risk you your job. 
where, speak, where stand, making stands in faith could mean your job's on the line. If you trust your Heavenly Father, then you know he will meet your needs. If you trust your Heavenly Father, then you know he is more than enough for you, whatever challenges you will face. It says in Daniel 3:28, they trusted him and defied the king's edict and were willing to lay down their lives rather than worship any other god. And their trust had increased. I believe their trust in God had increased because they took small steps. So when it came to the issue of food, they took small steps and they obeyed God in that area and their faith increased. They saw God's faithfulness. They saw God holding them, preserving them, protecting them. And as they continued to walk their journey, they continued to take steps of faith. I trust God, I'm not going to compromise. I trust God, I'm not going to compromise. I trust God, I'm not going to compromise. And their faith grew, and their faith grew. And for us, there's a challenge. We want to grow in faith. We take steps. God, you know, God does miraculously impart faith. Faith is a gift from God. But actually, God wants to, us to partner with him, to partner with that faith and to take steps and to keep trusting him, to keep growing our faith in him. So if you, like me, want more faith for the challenges you're facing, if you, like me, want more faith because you want to see this culture around us be transformed and to see lives saved, to see souls saved, to see our communities impact, see our workplaces impacted, to see our families impacted. I want to encourage you this morning, whatever it is you're hearing in your ear that God is speaking to you about, whatever area God is challenging you to take another step of obedience to, to do, obedience is a step of faith. Take that step. Walk in obedience. See God prove himself to you and your faith increases. Take that next step. Keep walking in obedience because your faith will grow and grow. God wants to grow your faith. He knows every day of your life. He knows the challenges you're going to face in the future. He wants you to impact this world and he wants to be, make you an instrument of blessing in this world. He wants to make you somebody that influences and shapes the culture around you. That isn't challenged, that isn't compromising and being caught up to being assimilated to the culture around you, but that you shape the culture around you. Interestingly, you read the whole of the book of, book of Daniel. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They were a prophetic voice in a culture that was completely anti-God. They were a prophetic voice in a culture where everybody around them bowed down to worship other gods. And they brought God's word into those situations. They brought God's answer. They stood firm and they saw miraculous things happen. You know some of the stories. I know you do. Okay, we, if we stand and we stand firm, we keep growing our faith. We keep growing our faith. And we have a challenge in the communities we were living in. We have a challenge in living today to stand on what God is speaking to us about. So I want to encourage you today, as you're pursuing God, as you're seeking him, what is the one thing God's speaking to you about right now? What is that thing he's calling you to do, to walk in obedience? And I want to encourage you, obedience is a faith issue, not a law issue. Obedience is a faith issue, not a law issue. And there is grace. There is grace for your steps of obedience. There is grace for the courage that you need. 
There is grace, there is empowering and equipping from heaven as you step out and walk in obedience. Obedience is a love issue as we love the Lord with what we do. You know, our words matter to God. He values our songs, he values our prayers, he values our love, but our lives must speak more than words and our lives represent our love for him. And obedience is directly linked to trust. You want to grow your faith, then grow in your steps and believe and trust him because he has great things in store for you. He has great things in store for us and we want to take hold of everything that God has in store.